everyone. I'm Matt. And I'm Kyle. And we're the Casual Tutors. This week, we have a special episode for everyone. But before we get to that, we're going to have a little bit of housekeeping, like always. Just want to say you guys have absolutely been crushing the views and the downloads. We're, you know, staying steady and getting those numbers, which is always great. We we really appreciate you guys helping us grow. Also, just kind of want to plug our socials. We're, you know... Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as Casual Tutors. We have a YouTube channel that's kind of slowly starting up. We're going to be doing cracking packs on the shorts, stuff like that. Hopefully getting episodes up there, uh, at least just the audio with a Casual Tutors logo. And then we also have something special this week. We have our first ever guest. Yeah, We'll let him introduce himself in this episode here in a minute. But just super excited to have him on. It's a a big jump for us to get a guest, especially someone like him, kind of helping our show grow even more popular. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. We're back, and today we have a special guest. Uh, I'll let him introduce himself, but, you know, he messaged me last week. We're super excited to have him on and cover some, you know, feel-good topics. And enough of that said, I'll just let him introduce himself and talk about his shows. What is going down, everybody? Ryan from Commander Cookout and Commander Ad Populum and the Commander Cookout YouTube page. I'm here. I'm talking about feel good everything, everything EDH, everything that magic's given to me, everything that I like about conventions and uh, events and decks and everything. We're going to get into it. If you want to hit me up at CCO Podcast or at Cad Popcast on Twitter. If you're on there, you can find Commander Cookout on Facebook or YouTube. We've got lots of good stuff there. And if you want to get in touch, commandercookout at gmail.com. You can hit me up with uh, show topics, requests, decks. If you're into altered art, I do those. I take commissions. I'm your guy. So we already recorded, I guess you could call it the first half of this episode. You can catch it over on Commander Ad Populum. And we talked about you know, favorite commanders, decks, strategies, kind of local play group meta stuff. Now we're going to jump into kind of our favorite Magic the Gathering world, you know, preferences, stuff that's not necessarily directly involved in gameplay or your favorite commander deck, but stuff like, you know, events, different, you know, sets, you know, universes beyond if that's your thing. Ryan, do you want to kick it off with kind of your favorite event or whatever you want to talk about? Yeah, sure. Well, coming up in 2023, we get another chance to all meet up in Las Vegas, Nevada, which is very close to you guys. A couple hours, right? Yeah, we're looking about six. Oh, okay. Well, it's about six for me too, but I got to fly on a plane to get there. And Vegas is... I think the best event because there's everything to do before and after the event plus the event plus it's I'm I'm going to say that it's centrally enough located that people from sort of all over western United States, Midwest, the south and even western Canada can all get there. So Everybody can get there. It's relatively cheap because everywhere flies to and from Vegas. There's plenty to do. And Magic puts on its biggest show every year in Vegas. If you're going to go to one show, that's the one that I recommend. Even if you're from like overseas, Vegas will be better than any Magic event probably in your country. 
yeah, no, all these different Magic Fest and Magic 30s and stuff have all been great. You do a special thing with CCO where you do your own kind of experience at each of these events you go to. Do you want to talk about that at all? Or because that sounds yeah. great. Oh, man. The CCO experience is fantastic. And I know that I just said Vegas is going to be so awesome. But just just this week or last, I guess last week, they announced MagicCon Barcelona in July, I want to say. And I think that would be fantastic because there hasn't been anything in Europe since like 2019, I want to say, like in any official official capacity. Because I know that there's like Eternal Weekend is in Europe and there's there's a bunch of European events, but nothing in a, a official capacity. So if you can't make it to Vegas, certainly get to uh, the, the Magic Con Barcelona. So I just wanted to say that or to clarify that. I guess the CCO experience is something that we we really started to call it the CCO experience in 2022 where what we do is we take our, our listeners, our audience, people that we know, our local friends. And what we do is rent either a big house or in the future, we might look at like blocking off a whole bunch of hotel rooms at the same hotel, anything where that we can organize to get all of us together for time outside of the convention hall to play magic, to film games, hang out, crack boosters. In Vegas last October, we had, uh, actually we had three professional chefs staying in the house with us and they created an entire taco and burrito bar. So I, I wanna call it like a professionally catered taco bar for there was 19 of us in the house and we just ate nachos, drank some beer, cracked booster packs and played magic like until the next day. And the CCO experience is just fantastic because it's the cherry on top of a community that, that myself and my, my co-host Brando have built over the last, well, really since 20, the end of 2016 is when we started and it's grown into such a wonderful thing to be a part of and to to continue bringing to people. It's one of the greatest joys is getting to the house and seeing friends that that you don't see them. You see them once a year, but it's like you saw them yesterday. And it happens every time we go to a, a, a CCO experience, even if I've never met the person in real life before. It's fantastic. That sounds amazing. And I know you had your announcement probably a week and a half ago about, you know, upcoming planning for CCO experiences. And I jumped on that train for Vegas because everything you said and everything you talk about in CCO um, sounds amazing. And I, I want to be a part of that. But that's kind of the perfect transition into my favorite part of Magic Universe. And that is kind of just the experience of going to conventions in general, whether, you know, it's going to be Barcelona or Vegas, whatever you can make it to, even if you have a local regional event that is, you know, on the larger side where it brings in people from outside and being able to connect with, you know, not necessarily just people from your own play group, but just strangers at the event, sitting down with them, jamming some commander with people you have no idea who they were, you know, an hour ago and really getting, you know, a different perspective on magic from their point of view. And then just seeing new things in general. Um, as someone that I go to comic con San Diego every year, been to a few larger like conventions and magic conventions, you know, so to speak are, 
definitely unique where everyone is more interactive and it's definitely a better feel good environment rather than just hustling around and seeing all the cool stuff, which is still there. You get that one-on-one personal experience. Yeah, for sure. And you know what, like to add to that, any event that is more than one day long. So any event where you got to go to book a hotel or somewhere to stay that you're going to be there for more than one day. It's, it's kind of like the first time you go to Disneyland or the first time I took my wife to Disneyland, it was her first time, but I had been there with my family or like on days off when I was at like track and field training camps in Florida or whatever. Like I had been to Disneyland or world a few times in the past. So I took my wife there and I say to her, I say the first day, don't even bring your camera. And she's like, well, what do you, why I got to take pictures. No, you have to experience the, the, the park. And you have to feel kind of the gravitas of being there. You have to understand the culture of the workers and you just have to enjoy what it, what it is and what it can offer you and, and how it makes you feel. And if you've never been to a magic event or, or a big convention in general, if, if you're into any kind of pop culture, anything, there's conventions for everything, right? The first day is like, you don't even, you're like a deer in the headlights in some regards because there's thousands of people and lineups and vendor booths and signings and panels and shows. And the list goes on and on and on of the stuff that you've got to do. And in a one day event, you have to do it all in one day. So you're stuck in lineups or you have to pick or choose. At a two day event, you can see everything take it all in, get your bearings, start to understand how much food's going to cost the next day because FYI, it's expensive. And you can sort of make a mental checklist of the stuff that you want to do before the end of the day, the stuff that you want to do tomorrow. And once you kind of have your sea legs under you, if you're there with people or if you have some goal in mind, like play in a bunch of side events or play in the commander area, whatever it is, you can do that once you kind of have your sea legs under you. And then the next day is just a free for all of all the stuff that you want to do, because now you know what you're going to do. And, and and I like the Disneyland example when I tell people what to expect, because they think that they need to do it all in one day, but at a two day event like Vegas, like Barcelona will be uh, like Philadelphia coming up is going to be, I'm not sure when this show is coming out. It might be, before or after Philly, whatever. Don't bring your camera the first day in, in air quotes, get your sea legs under you. And that's another reason that the CCO experience is so special because after the first day, sorry, I'm, I'm gushing about it. Cause it's so awesome. <laughs> after the first day, you, you get to come back and talk about your adventure that day and eat supper with friends and stay up late, just like your kids having a sleepover. And the next morning you get to wake up and everybody's tired or hungover or whatever. And you get like this intimate kind of cultural experience with people from different parts of the country or different parts of the world. You get to see, you know, have coffee with somebody or you get to meet their wife on, on, on FaceTime or talk to their kids. And then you go and play magic again. And it's fantastic. So if you can, multi-day events, get your sea legs under you. It's, it's more than a sum of its parts. I cannot speak highly enough about how awesome it is. 
Yeah, that's some great advice because it's definitely day one. You're just overwhelmed with excitement. You want to see and do it all, and you definitely can't do it. Even at magic events where you might think it might be a small focus thing, there's still so much to do. Yeah, and so many people, so many people, people that you that you meet that, hey, that's a good game. We should get another one in. And, and if that happens two or three times, that's like a whole pod of people that you have to, to that, that you want to play with again. And you got to find them and, and, and maybe there's two, you got to look for a fourth. It's like, oh, that's a thing that sometimes I forget to do. You know, you get caught up playing a game or you meet somebody, you want to chat or go for a drink. And it's like, oh man, I haven't eaten since yesterday. <laughs> that's my favorite part is uh, the food and the drinks and kind of the, I mentioned it before the cultural experience, like we've, uh, we've had people come from overseas and from different parts of the United States, different parts of Canada that uh, we all come together and play this game that we love. And that's, it's, it's great. And I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go off of that. I'm going to move a little bit away from the conventions and talk about my favorite part, which is kind of bringing more people into the game. I guess I, so I was an LGS owner for a few years, right up until COVID. We actually sold in 2020. We got kind of lucky with that. But I, one of my favorite things in the world was to sit down and teach people magic and, and sit down and bring people into this game. Um, one of the coolest things to see was like I had a lot of like, like dads and their sons would come in and I'd teach them both how to play magic. We actually had a uh, dad and son who was in our local playgroup for a long time. They've moved to New Zealand now for work. They were in our playgroup for a long time, and it was awesome. Um, shortly after getting them into Magic, seeing them come to our, our F&M, seeing them come to the draft nights, and seeing them both play and get kind of that little dad, like father-son competitiveness, you know what I'm talking about? And it, it's just such a cool experience to be able to teach and bring people into this. And we even, Matt and I at Summit, we had a couple of Newer players, um, I'm not sure one of them how long he's been playing, but I'm, I'm sure it's within a year, that went, went up to Summit with us and watching him sit down and play some Commander, play some Limited, but he sat down and he, he tried to play one of the, or he did, he didn't try, he did play in one of the modern 5Ks that they were running, and he did pretty well, and unfortunately those get pretty competitive, but just to see like a newer player like that, you know, under a year player have so much fun like being able to go to these events and everything is it's, it's awesome. I love bringing new players into this game. Yeah. And yeah. at summit too, like not even with just our own local group that we went with, you know, sitting down and experiencing, I sat down in a group with three, you know, preteen boys, which kind of sounds like a nightmare looking back at it, but it was a great experience. All of them, you know, brand spanking new, fresh into magic, all with, you know, modified pre-cons. And I decided, uh, you know, I was playing a, a Bellacore demon deck and not super high powered, but you know, big battle cruiser ish style games. And watching their little inner group dynamics and then trying to wrap me into their, you know, politics that, you know, they've obviously been building on for a long period of time. And, you know, me kind of shattering their little world sometimes and then, you know, reinforcing different parts of it and just helping them navigate through a new experience was just the most fun I probably had at the entire event. Oh man, Count, countless stories like that from events where you sit down and, and when you when you play with uh, maybe a kid and a dad, and my dad played when I was in, in sixth and seventh grade, he learned and then once I kind of 
found a group to play with every Wednesday night, he kind of stopped playing and, and I just continued. But he would chirp me and trash talk me so much. And that's kind of how I learned how to play with kids that were older than me. And now when I go to an event, you, you see those those preteens or those 12, 13, 15, however old they are, boys and girls that come there. And they usually are in pairs or in threes, so they need somebody to play with. And they have that little bit of political dialogue that they carry from from their own games, from their own meta, whatever you want to call whatever they have. And and to solidify that or to play into that or to shatter their dreams, to trash talk them, I love that. And and a, a lot of people don't know what they when they play with me. I'm I'm kind of a goof. I kind of just turn into a giddy little immature boy sometimes. And me and my buddy Alex, we do it at the LGS when we play with kids all the time. We're just goofs and make up funny names for cards and and just be goofy and silly and that's that's i guess that's one of my favorite things about playing at the lgs right there is playing with the the cco dude bros we call them and uh, now instead of meeting at people's houses because because we're all old and have kids and stuff we uh we go to the lgs and then after because we play in a mall we walk down the the hallway in the mall and there's like a restaurant bar that we go to for appetizers and they got like schooners on special or whatever it is. So we go for drinking appetizers after and we just talk about bad beats. Like, you know, when you, you sit down and one of those 12 year old kids gets you and then the other guy that you're playing with that we're sitting in the bar with now is just trash talks you. That kind of stuff is just my favorite All right. in, in, term, in terms of zooming into the local game store kind of uh, venue. Ryan, I got to ask, what's a schooner? A schooner is, um, do you know what a tankard is? Okay, yeah. Uh, do you know what a, yeah, yeah, a tankard? It's, it's like you can get a pint, which is like a, like a big glass of beer, right? Mm. And then the next one up is a schooner, and it's like 27 ounces. Oh. I think a pint is 11 ounces, and a schooner is... 20 something 23 27 it's it's like it's big okay yeah like so we jug. do we do like like uh all of our local places have like pints or mugs and the mugs are like the big tankards yeah we're they're oh. pushing a liter uh, yeah I think okay I, we, we we probably have different words yeah. we have different words to describe the the similar things right like you can imagine what like um like a glass of beer looks like it's maybe seven eight or nine ounces right yeah, and I then think, I if think... you go all the way up to like a, a pitcher of beer, you know how big that is. Right. Yeah. Pushing like half gallon or something. Yeah. The schooner is in the middle. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah if this was a video cast, I would just, I would just have the editor bring up what a schooner is. Cause all uh, like our editors from Canada. So he knows the, the exact same lingity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So kind of you, you're talking about, different terms or different cards. And that kind of triggered something else in my mind going and, you know, playing with these new people at our LGS or local or regional, whatever event. And, you know, using terms like that, I think are pretty common in magic, like Steve for Sakura tribe Elver and Gary for gray merchant, stuff like that. And then having them like, you know, give you that quizzical look like, Oh, you played Steve. Like, what do you mean, Steve? Like, Oh, Steve's out. Yay. And, you know, that that's just an, a whole nother depth to, you know, kind of breaking new people into magic, the gathering that I find super fun. 
Yeah, the uh, the I can never say it. The colloquialisms. The did I say the word right? Yeah, colloquialisms that sounds pretty on track. Got it. <laughs> Nailed it. Got yeah. it. Yeah, I like that. The the slangs. The um, uh, on a deeper level, the cultural things, right? Like um, oh, what's what's a good one? I, I guess on on Commander Ad Populum, like the first half of this interview we were talking about like uh, bringing a CEDH deck to a casual table and, and, and what is okay and what's not okay. Right. Like saying, Oh, I'm not playing any fast mana and I'm not playing any free counter spells, but then you like tutor for a combo piece on turn one with your vampiric tutor. Right. Like it's, it's kind of countercultural. It's, it's a little bit of a, a, a deeper learning. It's, it's the deep magic in Narnia where if, if you don't have the experience you need to have somebody kind of warm you up to, uh, you know, tutoring for a combo piece on turn one isn't always what is the most fun in casual games, and, and people kind of have to learn that over time. I like that kind of stuff where where you can really take a, a new player or somebody who's new to the format and kind of mold them into the, the kind of player that we are all in in this in in whatever meta we're talking about right like at an lgs everybody's usually on the same page with with regards to how to treat power level and and certainly in friend groups everybody kind of has an idea of everybody's decks and what kind of stuff they like to play right you introduce somebody new into that i like teaching that player like kind of the cultural nature of commander that's that's my favorite and i think that's why i like the cco experience so much because I get to see people from all walks of life and all over the continent that uh, all have their own idea of what Commander is. And I think that is just the coolest thing. It's like going to a country you've never been and trying their cuisine or learning about their architecture or, or you know, learning a new language even. Yeah, it's, you know, really interesting to see. No matter how locked in your perspective is on the game or your play style is, there's always someone that has differs in some way, you know, whether it's the combination of cards they play, whether they think, you know, the big controversial one, what a seven is power level wise, because no one can agree on that. But, you know, just. <laughs> well, we can all agree. We can all agree that all decks are sevens. Every even deck though is a seven. no decks are really a, a seven. Yeah, it's a seven till you prove me wrong. But just learning those people's experiences and kind of, you know, bringing it into your own game and letting it warp you a little bit. Kind of like you saying with the new player in your meta, molding yourself to be a more universal, so to speak, magic player. Yeah, I like that. A universal magic player. And that is somebody that can that that has experience within the game and, and can navigate social situations and can read people and know when things are appropriate and when things are not appropriate, whether that's whether that's just human interaction and the the type of kind of local game store acumen you have, or whether it's deck construction and play style, those things are developed over time. It's and, and it's not like you learn it, then you're good. It's not like you learn it and then check a box and you're now, you know, it's something that develops over time as players cycle in and out of your local game store friend group as kids grow up as players get more experienced or like myself I played a certain way for a long time and then I switched jobs or then I became a dad and I started to think about just things in my life differently and that affected the way that I played magic and and the type of experiences I wanted others to have 
who were around me or the type of example I wanted to set. Yeah, really. We, we talk about being able to read the room a lot in our podcast and, you know, getting different experiences, playing with new people, playing in new places really helps you develop that skill. And I think a lot of being able to read a room is kind of like a pre-Rule Zero discussion. If if you go in and you already have a good perspective and a good idea at how things are going to be out, I think it definitely smooths out your, your future games and it helps everybody have a better time in the end. Yeah, you know what? I have this joke and it's it's never go into a magic event, whatever that means, and expect to play magic. The only expectation you're allowed to have is that you shouldn't expect to play magic. And that sounds pessimistic and it sounds bleak and dystopian and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not that kind of person. But if I don't expect to play magic because it happens to be that somebody's playing stacks and they lie and misrepresent their deck's power level and or I don't draw any land or or there's there's 12 people at the local game store and they all have three hour games and I'm number 13 right I might not get to play any magic but I can still expect to be a good person and have that be reciprocated and hang out with friends and, and still have the LGS experience or the Magic Fest experience, even if I'm not playing Magic. And I think that's why this game is so fantastic, is because I don't even need to play, and I can still enjoy it. I still enjoy Magic through watching content or making content or painting cards or even just thinking about the game as a means to fall asleep at night, right? And what's, what's the fastest way I can get a combo in my Animar deck? What's my opening seven, right? Bang, right to sleep. And that's just a way that I interact with the game because it's it's everything I do. What you said was a good point because even if you're sitting down at a pod, a lot of times you spend a lot of time talking. You know, you are with friends. You are you probably spend more time talking and hanging out and you know teasing each other or whatever, trash talking than you do actually playing the game. It's- oh, 100%, 100%. And even if you even if you expect to play Magic 25% of the game, it's way lower than that because a huge percentage of the game, nobody's playing. A big percentage of your own turn, you're not playing. You're talking, you're interacting with people, you're taking a big swig of beer, you're doing anything but because you're hanging out with friends. And and this goes right back to grandfather of the format, Sheldon Mennery. He said, write to me on Commander Ad Populum. He said, Commander is at its best when four people get together and hang out and are all friends or become friends and magic or something happens and some magic gets played or whatever. But Commander is actually about hanging out with friends. And I thought that that was perfect. Yeah, I think that sums up this whole episode perfectly. It's all about making friends, being in a healthy environment and, you know, kind of promoting this social interaction so everybody has a great experience in the end. Yeah. I think we're we're close to our time. Uh Ryan, do you want to shout out your socials and your podcast one more time? Sure thing. Anytime anybody ever asks me to do that, I will say yes. You can find me on Commander Cookout, either podcast, video podcast on YouTube gameplay on youtube whatever it is we got it at cco podcast on twitter commander cookout on facebook 
Commander Ad Populum is my solo show.